influenced by finances, investing, estate, and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances And with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances And. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. Today we're going to be talking about moving expenses. Moving can be exciting or overwhelming. Boxing up all your belongings and starting somewhere new can be your nightmare or it could also be a dream. One thing that is true in either case is you will have many costs to consider in this process. So I have a friend of mine, Doug, who just moved and he suggested we cover this topic and we are happy to oblige. Jennifer, I know you just moved recently. How did that go? It went fine. It's something that always like extra costs always kind of sneak up with moving or you kind of think about it and anticipate, oh man, there's going to be all these costs. But then once you actually look into it, then it's an even bigger reminder that, oh yes, there's all these costs. (laughs) Well, I haven't had to move since 1999. And if I'm going to be honest with you, many of the things that we're covering today are some of the reasons why I don't even want to move. Completely understandable. (laughs) So according to move.org, the ballpark estimates for moving costs are a full service move can cost anywhere from $550 up to $12,000. That is a huge delta between those two numbers. It is. And so there's a lot of different factors that can go into such a huge difference in cost. One cost would be moving and storage containers like pods, and those can be anywhere from $500 to $5,500. If you decide to rent a moving van or truck, then that can be anywhere from $35 to $2,800. And then full service movers are going to be your most expensive options. And so if you're moving somewhere locally under 100 miles, then that cost will be a bit lower. But if you have a long distance move that's over 100 miles or even international, then you're really going to have some high costs. So let's start with packing. You can do it yourself. For example, I was able to help get free boxes from Facebook to help a friend move. This was for their apartment and a website called forrent.com says that you can pay anywhere from like $100 for boxes for a two bedroom, 85 for a one bedroom and 50 for a studio. Home Depot even has a calculator to help you estimate how many boxes you might need based on how many rooms you need to pack up. So check that out. Craigslist, FreeCycle, Nextdoor, and Facebook are all great places to search for used boxes. It's suggested that you could search on Sundays or Mondays because people tend to unpack on their weekends. But let's face it, you're going to unpack whenever you get the chance to. So, you know, keep an eye out for it or even set up an alert to look for free boxes. This could be a huge expense. So definitely being able to look for places where you can get them for free would be a huge benefit in this process. And we also found that it turns out U-Haul actually has a drop-off location at all of its stores where people can get rid of their reusable moving boxes and then other people can take them for free. But we also found there are at least two apps where you can post boxes that you'd like to get rid of or to be able to pick up boxes. And those are called OfferUp and LetGo. Both offer places to get boxes free or cheap. Truck rentals. If you're going to do it yourself, this can be like a $350 local or up to $2,000 for long distance moves. One thing to consider, though, is with local moves, you might 
need to be paying mileage for your truck. And that can be 70 to 80 cents a mile. So renting a slightly larger truck to start with versus getting a smaller truck and having to make multiple trips might be the way to go. So consider, again, using some of these calculators, how many boxes you can get into your truck. And then is it better to pay a little bit more for a larger one, make one trip or get the smaller one and go back and forth. It depends on how far you have to go as well. Mm-hmm. You may need to tow your car if you have a truck, and that can be anywhere from $150 to $400, depending on how short or long the distance is that you've got to take this towable vehicle. Finally, you're going to be paying for gas. So it could be anywhere from, it says 20 to $600, depending on how many tanks you're going to have to fill up. But if you're running a huge moving van or truck, I can't imagine that you would only be spending $20 for a tank of gas. So estimate uh, high on that one. <laughs> I feel like that would be a super small truck that you're having to not fill all the way back up again. Yeah. <laughs> if you choose to use movers, be prepared for additional charges like assembling or disassembling furniture, moving specialty items, or any moving supplies that they have like blankets to protect your furniture or bubble wrap or anything like that they might charge more for. Paying movers or having someone to move you can be problematic. These are some real life examples that friends and family have had. And it had a lot to do with the contracts and taking the time to carefully read the contract with the movers. For example, my daughter had a TV that was damaged and the company said up front that they were willing to pay 60 cents per pound. But this $400 TV They only reimbursed $16 because it didn't weigh very much. So in the end, that, you know, that was a loss for them after the movers had broken it. Also, always expect the quoted amount of time that they're saying it will take will go over. They say three hours, expect double that and that you will have to be paying for them in their time that they're moving your stuff. You might also have to wrap your own mattress in a special bag or box. This was an additional $900 cost to somebody who moved recently. And it was quoted in the contract, but this was a, another, you know, basically $1,000 it was going to cost them to move just for the mattress alone. These movers only took certified payments like checks or money orders. They did not take a credit card on the day of the move. And so that was just one more thing to do to make sure that they were able to get a check or, or a certified uh, money order, you know, on a day that's already quite stressful. Another incident was that the movers did not arrive before the owner moved out of their house. So then they had to scramble for someone else to be there during the move. So just all things to take a look at in your contract and see who's responsible and what kind of rebate there is or what you're going to pay extra for. Yeah. And along those lines, don't assume anything when you're communicating with your movers. Ask, ask questions, ask about everything, get it in writing to know for sure what you're getting. You want to get the specific number of hours that they will work and know how much that will cost. You want to know how many boxes they will move for you. You want to cover the the specific destinations to and from where you will be moving. You want to know if they are going to inventory things for you. Who is packing? Are you going to be packing or are they going to be packing for you? And so therefore, will all the stuff be packed before they arrive or are they going to be doing it when they get there? And like Kathy said, how much are they going to pay for damages? Some other facts that we found about moving that were possible additional charges were if there was a narrow space for the truck to get down, they were charging more. And then what was the replacement cost per pound of items? That also made a difference. Lastly, in 2013, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration passed what they called the 110% law. And it stated that you could not be charged more than 110% of your estimated price on your contract. I would just caution that might be the case, 
but I wonder how many people actually take those companies to court if they charge more than 110% of it, or you're just at that point over it and you just want your stuff back. Because part of the problem is that they can keep your things hostage until you make that final payment. And if you're arguing how much that final payment is, that's uh, it's a hard thing. You want your stuff and you just want to get moved in. Yeah. You may require the movers to store your things for a while. If, for instance, your new place that you're moving to isn't available quite yet and you had to get out of the old place, or maybe you have to get things into storage to be able to show your home to sell it. So we found that household goods stored in climate controlled facility, like a five by five unit, could cost around $50 a month. And if it's up to a 20 by 20 unit, then it could be up to $225 a month. So those would be some additional costs that you may have if you need to store things. You can also consider getting a portable unit left outside, like a portable pod. This way you can pack it yourself over time and then it's picked up and taken to your new place. Or if it needs to be taken to a new place and then stored for a while until you're ready for it. They can do that too. So this could cost anywhere from 2000 to 4000 to move it a long distance. And then if you have to store it after that, that could be an additional $100 to $200 a month. If you're renting a place, you're probably going to require a down payment. And if you're lucky and you left another rental place, your previous deposit might cover the cost of the new place. But if not, you're going to need to budget a few hundred dollars for a damage deposit. And if you have pets, expect to pay more or even be paying a monthly premium to have those pets. Security deposits, though, are different. They are not meant to be considered a payment at all. They are funds that both parties agree are to be set aside and used if damage has occurred. And if there is no damage, it must be returned. And in some states, that money must be placed in an interest-bearing account. And so you're going to want to check with your state and see if it requires them to do that. And if that's the case, you're going to get your deposit back plus the interest. In general, deposits must be returned 15 to 30 days after the lease has ended, which can complicate things if you need it for your new place. Landlords could keep a deposit if you have unpaid rent or bills. They might keep it for any reasonable cleaning fees or damage to the unit beyond normal wear and tear. It doesn't mean they can keep it all unless they can prove the full amount was needed for the damage. Make sure that you do a move in and move out inspection with each landlord. And it's a really good idea to take pictures or video when you do that move in to document any damages and to voice any concerns as soon as you move in to make sure that you have all of that documented. You may find that you have to move, but a permanent place is not available for you yet. You might consider living with family and friends or long-term stay hotels and even Airbnbs can help fill that gap until you can move into wherever you're going to permanently land. Extended stay hotels are nice choices because they have kitchens versus, say, a hotel. They also charge less the longer you stay, up to 30% off of a 30-day rental. You might also be able to find something called corporate housing, and your company might have that available in your area. But you can also try to find corporate housing just for yourself. There's a group called Blue Corporate Housing, and it's a company that does just that. So that's another option for you. Airbnbs may also charge less for long-term rentals, and you're pretty sure that you will get more room this way, but depending on the market, you could pay two times as much for a hotel or for a local Airbnb if you're in a really expensive area. You can no longer deduct expenses for moving on your federal returns, and some states consider you to be a full-year resident after only 183 days, so be sure to find out what your old and new state requirements are and file appropriately. 
Utilities are another cost to budget for. If you're staying local, you may be able to roll over the deposits you have already paid at your previous place. But if you're moving out of their coverage area, you will have to wait for them to return your deposit and pay out one to the new place. If this is your first place, expect to have gas or electric, water, internet, and maybe cable bills. They will run a soft credit check to make sure that you're credit worthy, but this type of inquiry doesn't change your score, but it may keep you from getting the utility if you don't pay your bills. If they deny you service, you have a legal right to know why, but they have 30 days to send you a letter letting you know why. If the bills were under your spouse's name, not yours, you should be able to apply under your own name to open an account. Conversely, you're going to want to make certain that you contact your current utilities and give them a disconnect date. You do not want to allow the next person to use your service because if they don't pay, you'll be on the hook for those costs. It does appeal to our better nature to help someone out like this, but there are real consequences to your credit score or reports if you're not careful with these kinds of things. Another expense to consider that you might not have thought of is that you may have to change your license and there are fees associated for that. So for instance, in Virginia, you have 30 days to change your address on your license and to get new decals if needed. So that depends on where you live and if you're changing counties or cities, whatever it is, or moving into a new state, you may have to pay additional fees for those things. You may also pay new rates on your auto insurance depending on if you move to a more urban or rural area. Finally, you need to change your address with the post office. They do charge for this now. So be ready to pony up your dollar and five cent to alert them to your new address. (laughs) Anything else? Well, just talking through all of this, it, it made me think of some additional costs. They're not necessarily moving costs, but if you do move into a new place, there is the potential that you may need to buy some additional new furniture. You may want to do home repairs or paint the new home or things like that. So while it's not necessarily the actual moving cost, it is just there's a lot of things that will come up that are just kind of kind of keep reminding you of additional expenses that you may need to pay all around the same time. And we also didn't didn't talk about the actual cost of if you're buying a new home. And that's the case for moving. But we do have a podcast on buying and selling a home. And that is episode 24. If you want to check that out. True. Thank you. For thanks for listening to Finances and Moving. We know you chose to listen today. And as always, we are grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share and consider leaving a review because it helps bring financial education to others and it helps people find us more easily. Let us know what questions or topics that you'd like us to cover on financesand.net. You can find infographics on all of our topics in the show notes and on our website. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school, so you don't have to. I forgot the intro. Welcome to Finances. Today we're going to be covering moving and then going to... Okay, got it, got it, got it. Ready? Ready?